when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I am uber excited. I have an incredible repeat guest. His name is Bill Gertine, and he is with a company called ISBI 360. We'll talk a little bit about that. But the other thing about Bill is everywhere he goes, there's an 800-pound gorilla in the room. So, Bill, how are you and your gorilla doing today? Uh, the gorilla is great. Thanks for asking, Brian. He's uh, he's put on a few pounds for the holidays, and uh, you know you, you have to work that off in January like everybody else. Haven't we all, man? So <laughs> this is awesome. So today we're going to be talking about sales and, and you work in the sports industry, which, you know, I find totally unique because you, you basically are helping sports teams sell tickets, right? I mean, that's the kind of the yes. bread and butter. Yeah. Every team has a group of people that, whose job it is to proactively reach out and call people that may not have considered coming to a sports event before. There are plenty of people that hear it on the news, they see it in the sports pages, whatever it is they're reading, and find out about the team that way. But there are some other ways in which to use sports tickets that need to be sold, quote mm -hmm. unquote, uh, such as a group outing, perhaps, or uh, some sort of a corporate outing that someone might put together, or season tickets that someone might use in their business to be able to benefit their their own clientele and to be able to build better rapport with the clients they serve. So that's what the groups that I train are really required to do and move the tickets. And their goal, of course, like everything else, is sell out all the tickets to all the games. Right. And, and, you know, it's interesting as a sports nut, which I am, you know, love the Cubs, love the Bears, you know, even though I'm in North Carolina, I still follow all that stuff. Um, we think of sports as, you know, not as much entertainment, but that's really what it is, right? I mean, it's, it's an event. It's something that people go to to get away from the rest of the world, right? Yes. And what we'd sell really rather than the wins and the losses, which is the most difficult part for my group to be able to get a, their head around is that, you know, winning teams are very easy to sell. It's not difficult to sell a Super Bowl champion or mm -hmm. someone who's just signed a multi multi-million dollar player. What's really challenging is to remove the stigma from people's heads that only winning teams are worth attending games to see. What we really sell in sports is the opportunity to be with someone and to experience something. So in my training, what I actually say is we don't sell sports. We sell what happens to people as a result of a sporting event. And that's one of the cool things that, you know, I've learned in multi-generational sales is that millennials actually revere experience over money, right? So. And that's one of the things that you have an opportunity to teach people how to, you know, sell the experience as opposed to selling the team, right? That's exactly right. You know, as we do this, Brian, as we've done this for a very long time, teams have sold themselves on wins and losses. But those losing teams that are perennial losers have to create reasons for people to come out and see them beyond what's happening on the pitch or the field or the ice. 
And so what what teams have done is to revert to things that millennials and Gen Y and Gen Z really enjoy, like coming to a, a nightclub. There have been several teams that have turned to a monthly, you could call it a cover charge of $39 or $49 for a spot on the floor, a standing room spot to be able to come and just mingle with other people. So it, it literally becomes kind of a nightclub sort of environment. And oh, by the way, there's a baseball game that's going on over here. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're responding to the industry slowly but surely is responding to that the needs of younger people and what they're really looking for uh, in an entertainment experience like sports. And that really falls into the the niche that I've been talking about, which is, you know, the the perceived problem that people are thinking that things are going to go crazy, you know, that it's going to, we're going to be in the middle of this recession and it's just going to be really, really hard to do anything. So how do you see the perceived problem from your perspective in your industry? Well, the perceived problem is what the media is feeding the rest of society. And it is that, gosh, we're in for a slowdown. And slowdowns are so randomized in the different industries that exist that it becomes somewhat paralyzing to the people that we work with that think, oh, my gosh, everybody's in trouble. Everybody's spinning out and is not going to be there. I call it being paralyzed by perception. And the challenge for all of us is not to necessarily listen to everything that's being told to us or fed to us, but to see it through a little bit more of an objective lens from our own perspective. Yes, there may be some issues in some industries, but what does that mean for other industries? And how can I and my talents and abilities help to somehow bring some of those solutions to light, which are needed right now in what may be a a recession-based opportunity? And this falls along the lines of what I've been talking about is reinvention. You know, it's yes. basically looking at things from a different angle. The, you know, the thing about a new year is you look at resolutions, which is, hey, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to stop eating. I'm going to lose those pounds from Christmas. And then you get to February and said, well, I already messed it up. I'm just going to, you know, go down the path. I'll do it again next year. Reinvention is a process where you try and fail and try and fail. And you keep building upon what you're learning. So what's, how do we take that and talk about what's the real problem that people need to solve? What's the thing that they need to keep trying and building upon? Well, I think they have to continue to try new things and not be afraid to try them. There is significant learning, as you said, Brian, in trying things and finding out what works and what doesn't. We talked just before we turned on the microphones here about a pet project of mine. It's a real passion project of getting senior level executives in sports together to talk about things that they don't talk about in anywhere else. They can't talk about it in their boardrooms. They can't deal with it with their their staffs. It's personal things. It's mental well-being. It's health issues. It's how to retire well, how to invest well, how to be a more uh, involved philanthropist Mm -hmm. or philanthropy expert. And so what we've chosen to do is we put together a group called the Legacy Leaders Inner Circle, a very small group that we were going to meet twice a year. Well, we put it together in 2022, myself and two other partners, and we had a great plan. We were going to go to Isla Mujeres just off the coast of Mexico in November, and we blew it. Everybody started calling off. They started canceling. Other, I say we blew it. We didn't blow it. It didn't work. Uh, but what we learned from that experience was invaluable, and we're going to apply everything we learned 
in 2023 to be able to have two different events aligned with what my audience, this group that I'm working with, very selective group, is looking for. And so I'm listening more to them, finding out what it is that they want, and then applying that to the product. And so we're going to be, a, it's going to be a banner year for us in part because of the major failure that we had in 2022. And totally makes sense. And one of the things about sales that I've heard time and time again is you, you go in, you do your pitch, you do your thing. If somebody doesn't want to buy, don't waste time, go to the next one, right? And mm -hmm. so that's one of the things is this playing hopscotch or whack-a-mole when it comes to sales. <laughs> How do you look at what you're doing and the perceived problem, the real problem? How do we create a solution around that? How do we change our mindset? Well, I think first and foremost, you have to assess a few things. You have to look at the marketplace and research the kinds of people that you wish to work with. I think when you're doing things again, you're saying, how do I really want to restructure what I'm doing? Sometimes, and you can relate to this, I'm sure, Brian, there are a few clients every now and then that we'd like to fire ourselves because mm -hmm. they're no fun to work with, right? They're just, they're demanding, they're you know somehow just not fun to be around. And so- as you're evaluating this, what the, the steps, part of it should be who you don't want to work with. To choose physically, hey, here's the group that I want to have a certain set of criteria. And on the other side is to take a look. The second part is really to look at your own skills. What is it that you can bring to that with the world of those that you want to work with that have a problem that needs fixing? In our world, for example, we had within sports, there is a, a huge need right now for talented ticket sales reps. Mm -hmm. There is a dearth of them. Many of them left during the recession and haven't come back. And the lifestyles of, of people have changed somewhat. It's a fairly demanding career that requires a lot of you on nights and weekends, particularly during the time when the team is in season. And so many people who really missed their times with their families have chosen another career. And so now we have this vacuum that's been created for sales talent, and it's not there. And so our company, ISBI 360, looked at this and said, how can we respond to that? And so we created a rent-a-rep program. We took people that had been laid off from the pandemic, trained them up using the, the training system that we have, and then began to rent them back to teams that had tickets to sell, but could no longer afford to have them full time. And so it was a very short term 90 day rental, which they could then reuse or re-up if they'd like every 90 days. And if you really like who you, you were looking at, well, you could actually hire them full-time onto your staff. And so we did not have that as our business model at all, but from the recession, we saw an opportunity and we jumped on it. And what's funny is that's exactly the way I reinvented my business is it wasn't so much rent a rep, but what it was was rent a service. And the cool thing about it is, is you work with people that have a skill set that can provide a a you know one piece of a puzzle and you bring them all together and you sequence them and what the client ends up getting is great talent that come in and basically surgically do what they need to do piece together into a final project so it sounds like to me what you're doing is training the people you're bringing them in you're giving them opportunities and the the audience that is looking for this talent is seeing a different perspective on how they can work with people is that correct yes this is a group in sports you may think 
for those who are not in the sports industry that, oh, sports is so forward thinking. And, you know, they're using all these cool technology things and AI and uh, things on the, you know, on the sidelines. And what you see on the sidelines is very different than what actually happens in the back business office of a sports team. Most every sports team is very conservative. They do not spend very heavily on the business side. And so to suggest for a moment that you could have a remote ticket sales team that doesn't work at the office of the team was a mind-blowing concept to most teams. Right. During recession, we had a whole lot of, Ooh, let's look at whatever else can work. And so you had a lot of walls that broke down to say, well, maybe we should try this. And so in many ways, we've advanced and accelerated the course of, of uh, moving this thing forward. But it's been a very conservative group that we are slowly showing that can be actually trained and they can work from home very effectively and very affordably. I love it. And the other thing about it, too, is like you said, AI technology comes in and People want to buy tickets, you know, they want to go online and do things. But when it comes to selling groups, it still is more of a B2B style sale. B2B sales requires people to people communications. So that I think is one of the most unique things about what you're talking about. Yeah, there's there is a, a relationship factor that goes into groups that's very much uh, getting to know someone, getting to know what they're really looking to accomplish versus a transactional thing where someone might want to see a game because they happen to be in town. And so they're going to buy whatever the box office. There really has to be an outcome focus when you're talking to someone about any product or service that you represent. But in light of what you had said, the, the group sales opportunity, let's say there's a, a team that has been working uh, solo on their own in their homes for a while, and they're back coming back into the office. And there needs to be a little bit of a reculturization of the office and getting everyone together in a place that they can enjoy each other's company. Mm -hmm. A group outing to a sporting event is a really good solution for that because it brings people together in a, a place that they can all chat about. And some people may care about the game, some may not, but it's a festive place in which to get to know each other and socialize. And that level of communication was lost somewhat in the pandemic a couple of years ago. And they find that to be a really good way in which to kind of bring people back into the socialization of an office. I love the way you're talking about the new mindset of cultivating culture. Mm -hmm. You know, it's understanding that, you know, things are different in everybody's minds because we have, we've been cocooned, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it, people are slowly getting back to wanting to get out into the world. So talk about how you've used this or how one of your clients has used this to create a positive impact to make change or do something amazing. Sure. We've had a, a hockey team in Utah uh, of the ECHL that had been using our service as a renter rep uh, and had several people selling their tickets remotely. And we had people, uh, gosh, I think one person was in New York City, another was in Boise, another was in, uh, uh, I think, even Montreal. Uh, we had one gentleman that was selling for that team who lived in California. His wife had a really good job, and he was the very best seller, the top seller in the group. And hmm. the VP of the hockey team wanted to hire this individual full time. He said, man, I really like the work you do. I'd like to bring you on. You've shown me what you can do in 90 days. We'd like to see what you can do full time for us. And he was reluctant to move to Utah. His wife had the good job, lived in California. They were really kind of SoCal lifestyle kind of people, didn't want to necessarily move. And so they came to an agreement whereby they hired him full time as a ticket sales rep 
but uh, agreed that he would be in market three times a year for a few days to meet some people and to do some things that he needed to do in market. And that was the first time in their league's history that anyone had been hired in the sales department that did not reside in the community in which they sold in. And so this is something that we're seeing in a lot of different industries. But once again, in sports, it's a pretty mind-shaking kind of concept of having somebody that is not necessarily working day-to-day in the stadium that's actually working for the team and succeeding for the team. Excellent. Hey, Bill, you brought some great concepts today. And, and, you know, I love the way you look at sales differently than, you know, the the typical, you know, get in there and close and ask questions and all this other stuff. You're looking at it from a unique perspective. So I'm sure my audience is going to want to get to talk to you and know more about you. What's the best way for them to connect? You know, LinkedIn for me has been my lifeline to lots of folks, and I would welcome anyone to link in and mention your podcast if you would, Brian. And that is, uh, you just look up Bill Gertine. It's G-U-E-R-T-I-N. I accept most everyone that that got in, uh, other than the outside, the obvious spam things I don't get, but uh, most everyone that said that mentions you, I will absolutely link in with and, and have a fine conversation with if you choose to. Outstanding. Well, Bill, thank you again so much for coming on and dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge (laughs) bombs on my peeps. It is always a pleasure. And man, if you're down in the Raleigh area, I want to take you out and show you some sports down here, man. So thanks so much for coming on. Look forward to it, Brian. Thanks for having me. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.